24 hours a day. Radio Contact. And welcome to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parks and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining me in the show this week, as ever, we have Paul Whiteside. Right, Paul? Hey, Rob, you okay, mate? Kind of week you had, mate? Busy. Busy week. What have you been up to? Anything exciting? Um, mending boilers and <laughs> this, that and the other, yeah. Um, no, I just just my normal day job, doing bits and bobs, you know what it is, ducking and diving, wheeling and dealing, as That's they say. About. That's what it's all about, Paul. Obviously, we've got lives outside rugby, haven't we? The stressful, <laughs> the stressful life of watching Salford, yeah, panicking about them, but yeah, I'm, I'm all right, mate, to be honest with you. Yeah, been good, been good. Um, been on a bit of weight loss programme this week, lost right. £2. Right. Don't know where to put it, might be behind the couch or something, but... <laughs> my, uh, my missus lost a five yesterday. Did you? At work, got uh-huh. a short change in the canteen. Well, boom. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's why. That's why we're talking rugby, not doing gags. I know. I know. I know. You line him up, Rob. And you knock him down. Um, yeah. So, what we've we got on the show this week, Paul? Yeah, we've got an action-packed show, Rob. Haven't we? We've got the news. We've got a review of the cast game. We've got interviews with Tyrone McCarthy, George Griffin, and Greg Johnson. We've got the amateur report, and we'll also be previewing this Friday's up-and-coming game against Hull FC. Yeah. So first, we're going to be talking about the defeat against Castleford this week. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. So, Salford Red Devils went down to defeat two Casford Tigers on Sunday, Paul. 22 points to 8. It was a tough game for Salford Red Devils. Obviously, Casford's a tough place to go. Um, unfortunately, that first half let us down. Yeah, we went twenty points to nil down, and that that killed us really, Rob. You know the mistakes that we made, completion rate. I don't, I don't, I'm not one for stats, but I think it was, you told me it was thirty three percent. I think that's the figure that Ian quoted in the press conference. But you're not going to win any game with, with that sort of completion rate. We're just turning over possession. It was silly errors as well. I mean, I was behind the sticks on on Sunday, and supporters were pulling their hair out. You know, some of them knock on. It's like, oh, you needed a bleep machine. But it, it was <laughs> uh, it was terrible. Some of the the, the errors and the knock ons and forward passes and. You know, you're not going to win games handing ball to a, to a quality side like Cass. I didn't think Cass were at the best on Sunday. He was in heavy pitch as well, which uh, which played played into to our hands and, and Cass's hands to a certain extent. You know, it, it was a tough game all round. But, you know, like I said before, you're not going to win any game with that sort of completion rate and those sort of errors. And Cass made us pay going 20 points to nil down. And we could recover from that. Second half was a lot better. We won the second half eight points to two. But... I don't like it when people say that. You don't get anything for winning a second half. Do you? You, you've lost the game in the first half. Casper did, did, did the damage. Yeah. Courtesy of uh, Salford Red Devils TV, here's the highlights uh, from the game on Sunday. Tompkins to take the tap. And it's Lamataze who comes forward for Salford. It's Tompkins at the play the ball. Tompkins to Rob Lewis. Drop off ball to Ben Nakambuai who's coming more into this game for Salford Red Devils. He gets within... Eight metres of the Castle of the Tigers line. It's uh, Flanagan 
Little John that gives it to Junior Sal and he goes over Father Salford Devils, great try for Junior Sal, lovely work by Jack Little John and Salford have registered a score in the second half. It's Tompkins at the play the ball to Little John to Rob Lewis, drop up ball to Ben Nakambuay who's come forward for Salford, five metres out. It's Tompkins again. Tompkins gives the ball to Lamatazzi who's looking for the line but Castleford are there to make the tackle. It's uh, Rob Louie again. It's Wellerackett. Ball goes wide. It's going to be a try for Jake Beebe in the corner. Great hands by Evels. But the referee has given the try. Great try from Salford. Jake Beebe scores in the corner for Salford Red Devil. And uh, that will make the score 22 points to 8 with a kick to come. So that was the highlights from uh, Salford Red Devils TV. Uh, Paul, looking at the team that was uh, put out on Sunday, with Evels at fullback, Jake Bibby, Chris Wellham, Junior Sal, Greg Johnson, Rob Lewitt, Jack Littlejohn, George Griffin, Josh Wood, Luke. Uh, Luke Burgess Josh Jones Wellaraki and Tyrone McCarthy on the bench was Logan Tompkins Lamatazzi Mark Flanagan Ben Nakambuai Greg Johnson back on the wing um, bit of pace which we needed I thought yeah we certainly did and that's what Greg brings to it and I didn't think he put a foot wrong really Greg uh, nine levels moved back to full back Junior Sow I thought was excellent again he really did run well. He he was unlucky not to score in the in the first half. He was just held up short and then tried to reach out. He skittled three defenders and just couldn't get the ball and just lost the ball. Scored a good try in the second half. There were some good performances there and there was some not so good. Rob, it was um, it was that first that first half an hour that killed us. Yeah, that first half an hour, Paul. Lots of drop ball. I think it was thirty three percent completion completion rate. Ian Watson said, and that you can tell the frustration kind of building both on the field and on the terraces that you go to teams like Castleford. You can't give Castleford uh, territory and ball and expect not to get beat. And we were we were certainly uh, you know in a bit of bother in that first half an hour. I thought. Yeah, we certainly was. Castleford looked the miles better side, didn't they? And it was a slow game. Daryl Powell alluded to that in the press conference, didn't he? He was frustrated because Castle had to, to play the play the ball about, don't they? And top of the ground team, as their supporters tend to say. But I think I think we're a bit like that, aren't we, Rob? We like to, to move the ball and play good rugby league and neither side could do that really. Heavy pitch, heavy conditions, and it did it it was a slow game, wasn't it? Slow play of the ball and it was one of them games where you just can't get going. And when you start a game like that sometimes it is hard to get into that, that momentum and, and get moving and you know, twenty points to nil down. I thought we dug our heels in, you know, Salford sides in the past have been stuffed by 40 points there, haven't they, Cass? And I, I said to a friend of mine at, um, at half-time, 20 nil, I was fearing a right toweling, but we uh, we dug our heels in, but it's another defeat, unfortunately. Yeah, but on, obviously on the positive side, second half, you know, we we outscored Castleford in that second half. Uh, certainly a, a better performance, I thought. Um, much more control, completion rate went up to, was it 96%? Um, so, you know, obviously Ian Watson had a little chat in the changing room and the players kind of responded. Yeah, it did. It did. Uh, I think sometimes you've not got carried away with completion rates. I mean, you complete it 100%, but you can just go through the motions, can't you? And uh, five drives and a kick. So sometimes I think that stats a bit, a bit of a funny one. But it's better to be obviously a high completion than coughing the ball up on the first tackle. But that second half, I thought it was a lot more um, methodical in the way we played. We we managed the game a lot better. We we looked a lot more comfortable. Um, we took our chances when we got them. Obviously, we we still fell short, but we defended well as well. We didn't really we nullified Castleford and. Some supporters might say, you know, Cass put the cue on the rack at 20. And I think to a certain extent they might have just relaxed it a little bit. But I think the pitch, like I said before, that, that played a bit in that as well. But don't forget, I don't think Cass would have hit the straps they were last season, are they, Rob? Zach Hardick was a big, a big hole out with their team. And I noticed that on on, uh, on Sunday. I thought we kept um, 
the big man, um, what's his name now? Uh, Mike McMeekin, the big forward. He, he's been playing well for Cass, and I thought we, we, we nullified their attack with their pack. And we, we got on top of them and, and stopped them running all over us. Yeah, Mick Shane, no for them. I thought player, he was yeah. very good in. He was uh, always a thorn in our side. We should buy him. <laughs> Luke Gale as well. Luke Gale was everywhere, wasn't he? He yeah. was all over the pitch. I think he, he got around the match in the game and his kicking game was, was good. He's, 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 he's a bit like a Dobson, isn't he? He's like a general. He'll, he'll pep you all over the show with kicks, won't he? And keep you on your toes. And the first couple of tries, I think they scored, Cass were both mistakes from our kicks. Jake Bibby not knocking one dead. Josh Jones coughing one up. And that's gifted Cass 12 points. Yeah, when you actually sort of analyse the, the, their particular tries, they didn't kind of open us up. It was our kind of errors. Josh yeah. Jones spilled the ball. Jake Bibby not able to collect a kick. And, you know, that's 50-50 moments in it, really, that, yeah. you, you know, you can't coach. Um, it's just circumstances which happen. So if you take them out of the equation, Paul, it was quite a close game, really. Well, it was three tries to two, Rob. And like I said before, Junior Sal was very close to, to scoring as well. It could have been three tries apiece. Goal kicking's let us down again. Jack Littlejohn kicked, missed one, and uh, sorry, and, and Robert Louis missed one. So, obviously, with the Gareth O'Brien situation now, we, we're going to have to look at another goal kicker. Um, yeah, it's one of them. We didn't really get opened up. I didn't think, you know, Cass cut us to pieces at any time. I think we made more line breaks in the game. So, there's positives there for Ian to work on. You know, sometimes people might say, oh, Paul, you're clutching at straws, this, that, and the other. But I don't think so. I think there's a lot to, to work on there. We've got Hull at home this, this Friday, which we'll talk about after. And I don't see any reason why we can't get a result against Hull. Yeah, I think we stayed in the contest. That was the, that was a thing, oh, and yeah. a lot of Salford teams in the past going down twenty nil at half time. Try just after half time, and then you're looking down a barrel at sort of forty fifty points, aren't you? And this team didn't do that. This team, you know, in that second half, put in a better performance, Paul. And you know that shows, I think, where the mentality of this team is. I was feeling the worst at half time, Rob. I mean, at twenty points to nil. The, the thing that's frustrating me at the moment is a lack of points. We are struggling to score points. We're struggling to unlock defences and break teams down. Uh, we did at Wakefield. All right, we scored three tries. We only scored two at Saints, and we've scored eight at um, Castleford. I think that's going to be a worry for Ian. We only got twelve against Wigan as well. So apart from that whole KR game where we put them to the sword, we have struggled to unlock defences. Um, and you know, everyone can see that. The Robert Louis and Jack Little John partnership has not really has not really blossomed yet. I mean, I'm not going to uh, slag Jack Little John. I think he's a good player. I think he's going to take him time to, to settle, and I'm sure we'll see the best of Jack as the season progresses. Robert Louis as well. He's not sort of hit the heights of last season yet, but. You know, you've got to give guys time. It's a new partnership, and I'm sure that'll blossom because they're both quality players. Yeah, we spoke to George Griffin, Greg Johnson, and Tyrone McCarthy after the game against Casford, and this is what they had to say. So I'm John, joined by George Griffin. Tough to see that. Um, yeah, mate, it's always always tough to come here, but we, we started off we started off poorly, and you know they're a good team, and we can't give them that amount of ball, in, especially in our own half. And they got over the top of us in the first 20, 30 minutes and um, you know we, we, we dug deep and we come out the second half and prove what we're about but yeah you've got to put an 80 minute performance in. Yeah a lot of spilt ball in that first half, put a lot of pressure on us didn't we defensively but we did stand up. Yeah mate we did work but like I say you can't give Cass uh, that amount of ball and um, to be fair they, they started real fast and we couldn't keep up with them and um, yeah they, they just got over the top of us but you know, I think we completed at around 30% or something, and that's that's you know that's that's terrible to be honest. That's not Super League standing. And um, second half we come out and completed at 94% and won the half. But then again, it was too late. Yeah, Hull FC next week. Opportunity to put right a few wrongs. It is, mate. Yeah, you know, we, all we want to do is after a loss like that is, is play again. So what better way to prove it than to take on a big team like Hull and our own place, and you know, hopefully get over the top of them. Cheers, big thanks, Charles. Doesn't the devil detail. So I'm joined by Greg Johnson. Good to be back on the field. Yeah, yeah, real good, mate. I'm uh, good to get a run out with the boys again and uh, share about the result. But second half, we showed them uh, a lot of true colours and we won the half. It's just about a matter of completion. Like, 
Second half completed at 94% and we won the half 8-2. First half completed, don't know the exact stats, but it was something like, it was low anyway, 60% and that's why they ran away with it. So, yeah, yeah, obviously a tough game, uh, but obviously you can build on, on the states, can't you? You know where you're going wrong and you can build on that, can't you? Yeah, well, like I said, um, uh, every stats where we've lost the game, we've been penalty counts being way against us in favour and completion rate. Every time we've completed and um, we've been good disciplined, we've been winning or in it with every team. So it's a simple matter of fact. Complete, don't be disciplined well and we can win any team. Yeah, Hull FC next week. Opportunity to right a few wrongs. That's what I mean. Like I said, everyone will be thinking our pundit said they're going to finish bottom and we've lost four in five. So we've got to put everything right and uh, Hull FC is a strong team again. If we complete and we'll be well disciplined we can win yeah, um, yeah the nucleus of this team is the same team that took us to the top 8 you know I've yeah. got a feeling that we can get there again yeah 100% mate like you said I'm uh, keep repeating myself but we've only lost if you look at the stats any time we've completed well we've been in every single game so there's no chance we can't turn that around have a good video have a good training week and turn it around again so I'll see you next week cheers big thanks talkers on the Denver Lolita so I'm joined by Tyrone McCarthy tough defeat that yeah I think we were on, on worse enemy there First half, too many errors and penalties a bit. Yeah, that's probably cost us in the end. Yeah, so it's a tough place to come though, Castleford. And, you know, we, we showed in that second half, we had plenty of fight and plenty of effort and it's going to be good things to come, I reckon. Yeah, definitely. It's obviously, we can take some confidence out of that second half, but um, we've got to be coming to these places and getting wins if, if we want to be challenging this, um, up in that higher part of the table. So, uh, obviously, we're pretty disappointed in there, but um, like I say, yeah, <coughs> some positives to take out of it. Yeah, Hull FC next week, you know, at home, you know, opportunity to right a few wrongs. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, they've, they've been going well and um, good good time to test ourselves, obviously, playing at home. Um, we had a good win there last time, so hopefully we can uh, turn it around this week and work hard and, and obviously put some uh, points on the, on the table again. Yeah, off the field, you've done a, you started doing a blog for the club, Tight Talk, tell us all about that. Yeah, obviously, uh, Adam, media guy at the club, uh, approached me and uh, just said would I be interested and uh, I just thought, why not? Um, yeah, so throughout the year, just be talking about different things um, that'll probably pop up through the year. And, um, for those who didn't read the first one, it was about the international game and maybe how it can help promote the game. Um, but, yeah, it's just, just some of my... Um, Thoughts and opinions. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's a great read. It's something you'd like to go into, like the media after after you finish playing. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's just more, I suppose more more strings to your bow and all that. Um, yeah, I'm quite happy to do it. Um, I don't mind writing and stuff. So yeah, it's uh, always an option. Always an option. Yeah. Cheers. Big thanks to talking to us in the Devon Detail. So that was George Griffin, Greg Johnson and Tyrone McCarthy talking to us after the defeat against the Casper Tigers. I highly recommend you to read the uh, Tyrone McCarthy uh, Tyke Talk blog. It's a very interesting read. I'm sure he's going to be producing some more of them uh, through the season. Paul, you're our, our uh, resident writer. It's a very good read, I think. Yeah, it certainly is. He's a nice guy, Tyrone McCarthy, as well. We spoke to him a few times. Very level-headed lad. He's um, very pleasant, very polite as well. And um, he, he sounds like he's after a after a job in the media after after his career. So he can always come and work with us, can't he? On <laughs> yeah. uh, us part-time journalists as we are, or, or whatever you want to call us. We've been called worse, haven't we? <laughs> but uh, but yeah, he seems a really nice guy, and I'm very impressed with Tyrone at the club and the work that he's done this season so far we were just chatting before weren't we about who, who the early season sort of pace setters for, 
you know, we can say to talk about players of the year and things like that, but Tyrone's he's worked really hard this season. He's, he's impressed us, hasn't he? Oh, certainly. I think he's one of, been one of our standout worked, players yeah. so far. Him and Ben Nakambuai, um have certainly put a big impression, I think, this season. And, you know, I'm sure there's plenty more to come from everyone because obviously the season's just started. Um, you know, there's, there's games and challenges to come. And, you know, like I said, um, in the interview there this nucleus of the team to Greg Johnson I said it's the nucleus of the team that got us to the 8 and there's no reason why we can't get back there No obviously we've lost some pivotal players in Masilla Dobson and now Gareth O'Brien so they are quality and it'd be great if we could replace I think we're going to need to bring some players in hopefully we can I'm not sure if they've watched this space we don't know what's going on yet but it'd be nice to and we were mentioning before weren't we, about where we thought we needed to, to strengthen and I think most of the supporters would agree with us that outside backs were a bit a bit short on aren't we as well so so let's just watch this space hopefully we can do and, and yeah like you said before the, the nucleus of that side is still there you've still got quality the likes of Lee Moss at Mark Flanagan in the pack uh, Craig Kopjack, there's some seasoned pros in there, isn't there? Josh Jones, got an awful lot of experience, you know, winning grand finals, Mark Flanagan, uh, playing in championship winning teams. So, so yeah, I don't think all's lost. I mean, we'll talk about Gareth O'Brien after, won't we? And that's a, a disappointing news this week, but I think we're still moving in the right direction, hopefully. Yeah, looking at the stats uh, from the game, the top tacklers, Wellaraki with 44, Tyrone Carf with 42, and Logan Tompkins with 43. Um, you know, Big forwards there making big tackles against a big Casford pack. Yeah, you've got to do when you go to Cass, haven't you? And we've mentioned it. I think we mentioned it last week, and we were chatting about it on the, on Sunday about the pitch at Cass. It's a short pitch. It's a tight pitch. You do sort of three three tackles, and you've you've gone from one end to the other, haven't you? And uh, that suits them. They like that tight pitch. The, the game that they play, they like to move the ball in it, and they've got a big pack, and they'll come running at you. And you know it's a tight ground there. The, the Cass supporters get behind them, and it is it's a, it's a tough place to go. And we knew we were going to get that. We knew Luke Gale had marshaled that side around the pitch, and, uh, and they throw it all on us. And, and you know for large parts of that game, we nullified their attack and kept them to those three tries that they scored. Yeah, the top meter makers. Um were Junior Sauer with 107, Josh Jones with 94, and Ben Nakambawai with 106. Two sole players with 100 over 100 metres make, one forward, one back. Um, shows, I suppose, that the, the the effort was shared, both in the port, front, port, front division and the back division. Yeah, I think it also highlights the amount of territory that the Cass had, really, compared to us. We didn't really make many chances in the game did we um, they had probably the lion's share of the possession on the territory it wasn't we I don't think we had long spells on their line of, of attacking really but Junior Sow impressed me again his defence was good he looks really sharp doesn't he Rob I mean, he, he's putting it in he really is putting it in he runs onto that ball with with uh, so much uh, desire every time he gets it he chipped him with a try again as well and, uh, and Ben Nakabuai just getting used to his name it's rolling off my tongue now yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's doing really well he looks he looks good every game and you know he's getting that experience as a young kid as we mentioned before and you know to come over to another country and have to settle over here at the age of 2021 20, takes you a bit of time to adapt and uh, and we're starting to see you know he's 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 a regular now he's he's played the last few games in the side and uh, you know it's up to the other players on the on the sidelines that's Levy and Zungu Dan Murray to take their chance and uh, when they get back in and keep impressing on loan think about Nick and is always lands on his front yeah. always burst the line and that's what you want with, with your forwards you need momentum don't you and, and he brings that to, to this team and you know he's a big lad as well uh, he certainly adds a lot he's good footwork as well I think as well and it's just he's certainly like you say a very very good talent yeah, well, we've mentioned that last few weeks running, haven't we? Ian Watson's been saying that about Ben. He's He's got good footwork and, and I've noticed that. And he's started to poke his nose through now as well when he when he, when he hits that line. He's, he's working as well with his tackling. But he's definitely one that's going to, um, you know, come come late in the season. I think that's the time we can start judging uh, Ben. You know, get to like May, June, pitches are firm and we'll see how he's going then. Mark my words, I think he'll be all right. Yeah, talking about Ian Watson, you spoke to him after the game and this is what he had to say. 
Right, Ian Watson, thank you for joining me after that, that defeat. It, yep. was, it was a funny game, wasn't it? I mean, going 20 nil down. Yeah, first 30, first 30 minutes, we couldn't hold the ball. Um, and then obviously doing too much defending on the back end of that. Um, and we find ourselves 20 points to nil down. Um, completing at a, a rate of 33%, which is... You're never going to compete against any of the top teams if you complete at that. But then you look at after that, the second half, we complete at 94% and we're making a contest of the game. And that's key for us. And it's what we spoke of about coming here. When you come to away, away teams and it's a tough, competitive kind of environment, you've got to complete and hold the ball. We didn't do that today and we didn't do it last week as well at St. Ellen's. Um, and it's something that we need to rectify and hold ourselves accountable for. But we know as a team that we're getting to the right places when we do compete and hold the ball it's just a big key for us going forward yeah that first half was a lot of mistakes wasn't there the completion rate was poor yeah. it was silly errors really silly yeah. knock-ons what did you say to lads at halftime because in the second half we looked a lot more solid you yeah, we, we, we just spoke to be fair we were defending well in the first half the tries they scored were scrappy we were just making ourselves do too much of it um, and not really getting any ball to put any pressure on them in um, attacking situations but I just said look first 30 minutes was obviously the, the worst we've had it was about how we responded from that and about getting to our back, back to our game plan stick with it because the last 10 minutes we saw a sign of us getting better and getting back at it so we just wanted to make sure we continued that forget the first half the first half was kind of gone and then rebuild again that second half so we went into it really kind of positive really on the back of the last 10 minutes focused on that and then um, I thought second half we, we were the better team to be fair I suppose 20 time people might think oh you're in for a bit of an hide in there yeah. but if you look back at the game I think he's finished three tries to two Junior Sal came so close yeah. to scoring was just caught by a fantastic no. tackle it's, it's, it's we're not bit, that far away are no we? we're not we're, we're not and some of the other guys we talk about uh, like Lee Mossop and people like them guys who've been in champion teams and the same we're, we're right be a little bit more patient a bit more composed with the ball in hand because a lot of our structures are right we're just we're just kind of missing that little bit of opportunities the more where we're making errors or I think it's three weeks on the truck. We'll give a forward pass yeah. off the rook. Um, and, and we speak about that. And game education teaches you if you're in that position, you pull out of it. Uh, fullness thing, uh, more flat with Josh Wood and people like him. But to be fair, the learning and the, there's large parts we can be really positive about. And like I say, we're not issues. You had to shuffle it around this week with injuries. Craig yeah. Kopchak was out. Yeah. I asked you before about Lee Moss. Was that a selection issue or was he pulled up? No, he no, no. Yeah, just a little bit sore from the last game. I was going to say because so he played well last yeah, week. Yeah, did he? play great. It's a big, big miss for us. Yeah. yeah, he'll be back for Hull. He'll be fine. Um, Copy back for the old game as Copy well. Copy will be clear from that? Not, Yeah, yeah. Right. So his um, head test was only due to be done yesterday. So we'd not trained all week. So we didn't. We had fresh guys. So we didn't want to. And is the is the Chris Bryan one still an ongoing thing? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's your a tough, for you. Yeah, that's a real yeah. tough one for us, yeah. mate. To be honest with you. The Gareth O'Brien situation was that injury today? Ah uh, no. Um, I'll leave the club to make a statement about that. I'd rather focus on. It's the not an injury well. though. No, no, right. it's not an injury. Right. Yeah, I don't expect you to yeah. tell me that, Ian. That's yeah. that's fine. No problem yeah. at all. Well, thanks a lot for speaking to me today. I know it was a tough one, and I shall see you next week against Hull, mate. Thanks a lot. Yeah, cheers, mate. We'll get on to a. Gaz O'Brien shortly as Ian Watson dodged that question. Um, defeat, but Ian Watson was happy. He, he, he sees obviously the development. He sees where the team's going. Mm. Uh, he was proud of that performance in the second half because the players stuck to the plan uh, and, like you said, found themselves back into the game a little bit. Happy might be the wrong word, Rob. Well. Um, I think he was. Yeah, I think he was pleased with the with the second half. I wouldn't say happy. I think he's he was disappointed with the result because any coach would be disappointed with the result, won't they? You're not happy happy losing. Perhaps I'm being a bit hard on you there, Rob. Mm. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. But no, I think frustrated. You know, with it, with it, because I don't think Cass were at their, at their best, were they? Really, no. and it was a bit of a frustrating performance. But as we'll go on to talk about Gareth O'Brien, did that have an effect? It must have done. 
that must have had an effect on the players leading up to the game. You know, people might say this the full-time pros, it shouldn't, but it does. It disrupts things, doesn't it? And I don't think that helped us as well losing Lee Mossop. You know, Lee Mossop, as, as Watto said, there was a, was a real key player um, the week before. I thought he was our best forward at St. Helens, and he's a big miss. You know, going down the middle, and Craig Kopchak failed his head test as well. So you lost two big forwards there, and we had to shuffle the, the, the team around. But that's no excuses, though. Cast with the better side, we made lots of mistakes, and that's what cost us the game. Yeah, big thanks for your three-word match reports and man of the matches, <coughs> um, Tracy. Uh, Rumours outweigh performance. Her man of the match was Junior Sal. Colin Reynolds' completion rate at Brismal. Um, his man of the match was Nia Levels. Uh, British, not European, uh, not good enough, um, and. Uh, Chris and Janet Shenton dismal display overall and their man of the match was Evels it was overall it probably was poor but the second half was brighter yeah well it gives you something to build on Rob because you can't just sort of take your ball home can you and say oh we've lost that's it doom and gloom it's the end of the world you've got to move on and take if you're a coach to me I know what always does take positives from a game and, and that's how you've got to be you've got to take that into you know the video thing on Monday the review and, and build positive for the next week you've got another game so you can't you know, sort of sulk about it. You, you've lost, and it's up to to you put the mistakes right. And you know, we weren't a million miles off, as we've said before. They didn't cut us to pieces. They scored two tries off mistakes, big mistakes as well, knock-ons that were simple, simple errors really. And we dropped a lot of ball forward passing from the rook, as what all said there. It's unforgivable things like that. Obviously, Josh Wood is a young lad. You forgive him; he makes mistakes, and uh, you know he's been he's been great this season. So you know we can forgive him for that. But yeah, we've got to learn from that, as as we've said before, and and cut those mistakes out, those silly errors out. Yeah, it's about building, Paul. And I suppose the players will look back at this video, won't they, and and watch it and learn and and digest it, and hopefully not do the same kind of thing at all at home because that's a big game now. All obviously with with the, the games to come, uh, we need to register our, our home game home games as wins. We need to build the you know the stadium up to be like a like a, a cauldron, don't we? Where teams don't want to come and beating the likes of Hull, you know, would do that. Uh, who was your man of the match for the game against Cass? It was a tough one. No one really stood out for me apart from Tyrone McCarthy and Junior South. I thought they both stood out again. Tyrone McCarthy, he's, uh, he's like the new Craig Kopjack. He's getting man of the match every week, isn't he? Okay. But I, I'd give it Junior South this week. I thought Junior was was good. He scored as well and he came close to scoring. His defence was pretty solid. He made a lot of metres as well, worked really hard. Yeah, I'm going to go for Wellaraki this week. I thought he, uh, you know, solid in that in that second row. Um, captain's performance, trying to get people to move forward. And, yeah. you know, I, I think I'd give him my me, me man of the match this week. I think um, Cass tried to wind Weller up a, a bit as well, didn't they? On, on Sunday, being an ex-Cass player, and uh, there was a, there was a bit of a, a bit of a few ding dongs in that game. What Logan Tompkins got Simbin with Grant Millington, and it was a bit of a mismatch that really. That Grant Millington's about a foot taller than Logan <laughs> Tompkins, isn't he? But there was there was a bit of needle as well, and uh, Adam Milner's been banned today, aren't he, from Castleford for that spear tackle? And it's disappointing that he was only yellow carded in the game. And if you look back at the game now, and what red cards have been handed out this season, that was probably a sending off offence. So, you know, uh, that's one that didn't go our way, but. Uh, but yeah, we move on. Yeah, and we do indeed. And next up on the Devil in Detail, we'll look at all the big news coming out of Soul for Red Devils this week. Devil in Detail News. So, the big news coming out of Soul for Red Devils Gareth O'Brien signs for a Toronto Wolfpack subject to RFL uh, clearance. Paul, um, first, I want to wish him all the, all the best at Toronto. He was, you know, Fantastic uh, moments in a red shirt, and we can't forget that million pound miracle and his uh, moment in it. Uh, so, what I say, all the West for him, really? Yeah, certainly. Yeah, I mean, players move on, Rob, don't they? And we don't, we don't know the ins and outs of things. We don't know what's happened, and we could, we can only go off what's on that statement. And yeah, Gareth's gone now, and he's he's 
put his body on the line for Salford and worked really hard when he's been there. I, th- I looked at his stats today, at 50 odd appearances for us in, in the couple of seasons he's been there. And yeah, and I've been impressed with him. He, he took it by storm last season, the, the full back role, and linked in the line really well. And obviously, the million pound game, we, we're never going to forget that, are we? You know, what, what, a, what a day that was, what a drop goal that was. Should have kicked the blooming goal before, though. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, no, joking aside, I think uh, Gareth's got an opportunity there to go and play for Toronto, whether it's for more money or not. We don't know, do we? We don't know the ins and outs of that. Short career, though, Rob. Players got a short career and he's got a family or he's, he's looking to start a family or whatever. And we wish him all the best. Yeah, obviously, the lifestyle in Canada is a big factor as well. Uh, wanting to be part of a you know a new uh, something you know, project over there as well. That could be you know something in his head as well. Uh, but we, I say wish him all the best. We we, we can't. He'll uh, never we'll never forget his moment in the million pound miracle. But saying that, it wasn't all about Gareth O'Brien. It was a team effort that got us in that situation. And yeah, he kicked the goal, but. It wasn't the BL and end all. We move on as a club uh, from that point. Yeah, it was a bit of blow him leaving, but we move on and we grow stronger and we create a bigger, better club to come. Yeah, certainly, certainly. And, uh, and let's hope Gareth does well for, for Toronto, obviously, when they play against us. If they play against us, they might not. They're in the league below us, aren't they? So we, we don't know. Um, obviously, we hope it's a poor game then. <laughs> but yeah, I wish him all the best in leaving. It's not ideal, Rob. It was a bit of a shock on, on Sunday. We weren't expecting that, were we? We weren't expecting that at all, a, a player of, of Gareth's ability. And, you know, he's, he's standing in the side as well. But it gives Niall an opportunity now at full back. You know, that's been a conundrum we've spoke about nearly every week for the last 12 months, haven't we? We've had, we had the debate last year, didn't we? With I think Ryan was on with us or whoever it was now. And we were talking, oh, you think should be full back and there's a camp for O'Brien and there's a camp for Evel so we, at least we've got a guy there who's a ready made full back and a good one as well an excellent one in Niall who's just been picked for the uh, the England uh, Knights side as well so and we've got two half backs so Gareth was struggling to, to nail down a spot anyway until a few weeks ago when he got back in so you know uh, no disrespect to him but hopefully we've got guys there who can cover his position yeah like I said, it's an opportunity. Like I said, Greg Johnson got a game this week. You know, if he comes in and, and you know puts in some good performances, so scores some good tries, you know, it's forgotten about then. And you know, if he comes in and starts firing, I, I just, I just think it's, it's an opportunity for Gaz and, and we've got to move forward as a club as well. We don't want to get hung up on this, do we? And like start moping about one, you know, worrying about players leaving and things like that because you know it's something that's out of our control. We don't know what's going on, do we? So it's just a matter of everyone being together, sticking together both on and off the field and driving this club forward. Yeah, certainly. I mean, if players started leaving once a week, then I'd start panicking. Then I'm thinking, blame me, what's going on? But I don't think that's going to happen. But you, yeah, like you said, Greg Johnson's got a chance now, and another guy who I think is going to get a chance now that Nile is back at. Four back is Darrell Alfords mm. and I know Darrell was in the 90-man squad at weekend he's, he must be knocking on the door now he impressed me in the friendlies and he's got a bit of pace and uh, once he gets his opportunity I think he'll take it with both hands yeah it's going to be exciting them too uh, he certainly impressed was it the Wigan game uh, Warrington, Warrington away he game. looked pretty good didn't he he did he looked very good I thought um, and I'm, I'm certainly if Watson gives him an opportunity he, he could be uh, he could be the next big thing well yeah he's not had it yet he's not been in the side this season he's not even made the bench has he so I'm pretty sure he'll, he'll be looking to to, uh, to get in as soon as he can we'll have to see in Watson's 19 man squad for for Friday night I presume it'll be it's usually Wednesday it gets announced so we're recording this Tuesday evening so that should be out, out with people tomorrow by the time they listen to us they might, they might have seen it so yeah interesting times Rob Talking about, obviously, uh, reinvestment after Gaz O'Brien 
uh, departing. Do you think, obviously, Ian Watson will be looking at that squad, uh, where to where to strengthen? Obviously, with the the backs, we need a bit of pace. I feel, and maybe the the uh, the half back pairing of Louis and uh, Little John. Does that you know? Do we continue with that? Um, that's all the kind of questions that Ian Watson's got to have in his head, I suppose. Well, last season we had three half backs. We had Dobson, Louis, and, and Todd Carney, didn't we? So you've you've got an option there, and don't forget some injuries. You get injuries sometimes. What's going to happen if Robert Louis gets injured or Jack Little John gets injured? We don't want that to happen, but injuries do happen, and we a bit threadbare now at half-back, aren't we? Would we put there? I mean, we've got Josh Wood. Could we possibly put him in there? Could you put Nile Levels in at half-back? He's played there before. So you can never have enough quality players in your squad, can you? So I'm sure he'll be looking to strengthen there. Outside backs is something that a lot of supporters have, have mentioned and Ian Watson's mentioned before. We've had Gene Ormsby training at the club. I know Ian's looking at him closely at the moment. We, he said that to me on... I forgot to ask him in that in the interview on the Sunday, but he, he told me afterwards that he's still looking at him so Gene could be a possibility I'm not too sure on that one but I think you know loan signings are we going to look at any loan players or anything like that it depends on this Gareth O'Brien money we don't know whether that's going to be reinvested or, or, or what do we so we'll have to watch the space yeah but I think the good thing obviously the people in charge of the, 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 the club are all you know really good business people they know how, how to run a club and they know that obviously on the field the players are, are the important part and that's the part that's going to drive this club forward isn't it so having a strong side competing week in week out in the Super League is going to attract people in so I'm sure any, you know, any excess money that's available after that deal maybe it'll be invested into the squad yeah we'll have to wait and see I know Andy Rosler's working really hard didn't he off the field and trying to drive the club forward which is which is excellent and we hold our hands up to him because it must be it must be a hard job it must be a very oh. hard job for him you know he's he's come in there he's took over that and it's a, it's a lot of responsibility he's doing it for nothing and you don't forget Andy's got a business as well that he's got to run I mean it's like me Rob I, I work sort of nine hours a day to, in my job, I, I, I don't think I could run a rugby league club as well at the same time. I mean, last week, last week I didn't make the radio because I got stuck on a job at work. So <laughs> it's a, it can be a nightmare. So I think he deserves a lot of credit for what he's doing at the moment. And and like we said, it's like a rallying cry now that's needed. I think people need to get behind. I stayed up really late on Sunday night. Like I normally go to bed about ten. Yeah. But I stayed up and, and and read a lot of stuff on Facebook and just you keyed up, aren't you, when you get home from the game? You have your tea and that and. Uh, I sat down I thought right I'll catch up with social media I'll see what the score is and you can get lost in it sometimes I'm reading all the comments about Gareth and what was going on and everyone has an opinion and they're entitled to their opinion I didn't agree with a lot with what some people said um, but I know I kept my mouth shut I thought I'm not going to reply to people because I respect people's opinions but it, it's, it's a tough one uh, you know it, we've been since this this changeover from, from Marwan to, the, to, to, to Andy and, and, and the people who are there now it's we don't know all the, the things that go on, do we? we? We just try and do our best. But if we can all pull in the same direction, all turn up there on Friday night, get behind the team, Gareth's not going to come back, is he? So we've just got to move on from it. Salford Rugby League's still there. you know. As I said before, no disrespect to Gareth, but no one player's bigger than the club. The club's the most important thing. And it's important that you know we've, we've still got a chance this season of, of doing something. I think, obviously, you know the people in charge now, the difference between so obviously Marwan Kukash Raymond and this current reign is the people in charge now are you know, uh, focused. They're not coming out with big statements. They're not trying to make big impressions in the media with big statements. Um, the statement that the club put out uh, was was clean. It was clear to the point of what of what happened, and that's what us fans, you know, we we want. You honest know, to know, right. yeah, honest. That's that's the word I'm looking for, Paul. It was it was clean and it was honest, and that and that's you know that's a, a high five for me because obviously yeah. sometimes you know some statements before have all been a bit higgledy piggledy and a bit 
sort of wet, aren't they? But this one was was clean. We knew what you can read the, the comments and and and, and follow the, the timeline of, of what happened uh, and make your own mind up about what happened and who did what and why and where. Um, but it's one of them things. I, I'm positive, obviously, with the people in charge and you know this team we've got now. You know this club can go forward. I think it's a slow progress, Rob. I'm not expecting Salford to go to march onto Old Trafford this season and win the grand final. It'd be great if they did, but I'd be happy just to make it, make progress off the field, become financially stable, and build it, build this community club that we're becoming. We're becoming a club for the community, and let, let's build that. Let's let's you know let's just let's take our time. It's baby steps now, isn't it? No more stupid statements. We're going to do this. We're going to do the other. Let's just get things right on the field because if you don't, you can end up being like Bradford, mm-hmm. couldn't you? And look look how they've gone down the pan. And all right, they're sort of resurrecting it now. It's took them a few years, and we don't want to go down that road. And plus the fact, I don't think we've got that latent support that Bradford have got. We've not had all those Challenge Cup finals and Grand Finals. They've still got a bit of a hardcore, whereas ours is sort of dwindling a bit. So let's just just build slowly now under Andy's leadership. I've got every faith in him. Keep keep it honest. Keep everybody informed, and I'll get pulling in the right direction. Yeah, talking about community, Paul. Uh, the volunteers' evening uh, tomorrow. It'll be Wednesday uh, at the AJ Bell Stadium. People uh, wanting to volunteer for the club and, and help them on a match day, etc. Uh, well worth going down, I think, if you've got spare capacity uh, to help the club. Yeah, certainly, and it's good to see that it was Club Thirteen that took place today. Um, I, I wouldn't mind going to that, but I was, I was stuck at work. But I bet that was an opportunity to, for sponsors to go down there, and that's something that Andy's been heavily involved with Andy Rosler, and which is good to see because sponsors are, are a major part, aren't they, Rob? Um, in the in the modern day game now, and the more people we can get on side, you know, investing in the club and turning up to the game and and, and putting their money in and sponsoring, you know, the shirts or the ball or whatever they, they sponsor these days I'm not too sure what they do but that's a good initiative that I think there was about 60 businesses going there today so uh, hopefully they've uh, got some details off them and uh, move it in the right direction yeah I think it's great obviously if you get both this club 13 and this voluntary uh, thing kind of all firing together um, it'll only drive the club forward I've been commentating for the club for nearly 15 years now Paul you know voluntarily and you know I, I kind of thought I did it just because I've only wanted to get into kind of like the the media and, and commentate because obviously when I was at school I used to commentate uh, you know playing football and things like that and it was kind of in me uh, so to, to to obviously help me I managed to to get the opportunity to to commentate with Steve Ramy Ramsbottom the legend and you know we you know he's, he's taught me so much uh, but obviously volunteering it, it builds your experience it builds your your knowledge and there we are now you know with uh, Salford's uh, City Radio Sports Zone the the Devil in the Detail podcast Bobby's Magic Music on Radio contact um you know promoting the club and you know it's all all down to being able to volunteer you know for you know that, that period of time following soul for red devils certainly you've, you've learned a lot of steve as well haven't you, steve have. Rams, but I, cause I, i've helped you out with i mean i can't commentate i just help you like summarize for your daughter but you're doing a great job with that so uh pat you on the back there cheers mate, mate. it's like what we steve he's a he's a he's a, a brilliant wordsmith he yeah. just he just yeah. sometimes he just he just says the right thing yeah at the right time and, that, and that's you know we, we've all you know watched steve rammy ramsbottom and we we're on the dvds yeah, and the, the yeah, videos all the dvds with him on at home and he is he's a great commentator he's, he's dead um he's exciting yeah he, when he sat there what i've watched loads of old dvds from the 90s and some of the great games i've enjoyed i've gone and bought you know great wins i thought i'll oh, go and buy the video for that you know the old vhs i've still got them all at home and uh you know steve is a very exciting commentator 
performance there, and he's a support, and he lives and breathes it as well, doesn't he? So that's that's a good thing. Gets super excited does, when, oh, when it makes a break. Just kind of snatch the microphone off me every time because I've made a break. <laughs> yeah. break. I have to kind of run down the, the the gantry now, trying to get away from him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's you know it's a fantastic thing. If, if obviously you get the opportunity to, to to volunteer for the club, you know, and and that. That, that kind of thing becomes available to you. You know, it's something to look, for, look forward to. Uh, I think uh, next bit of news is the Catalan Dragons game uh, has been moved to dinner time, Paul, on Good Friday. Yeah, strange decision. I mean, I, I looked today on the um, the club Facebook page, and I, I noticed a few people saying they were working till two o'clock because people do a bit of overtime. Not it's bank holiday, so that's that could sort of penalise and have a dent on the crowd. So I don't understand that one. We'd have to wait and see and ask the club why, why they've gone to that decision. I'm sure there's there's a reasoning behind it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an odd kickoff time, twelve o'clock, isn't it? Yeah, strange one. But obviously, with with Good Friday, you know, it gives you the opportunity to do something in the afternoon. A lot of people go to church on Good Friday. This is true. This is true. And you're not allowed to eat pies at the ground now because it's Good Friday. All right, is that the plan? <laughs> well, I'm I'm not anyway because I'm a Catholic. All right. <laughs> uh, can't eat fish. You've got to eat fish on Good Friday. You can't eat meat, can you? Is that what is, is that That's the, the Catholic rule. Is that the is that the rule? I, I think it's just cat. I'm not sure. Fish prices are going down as we speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> on Good Friday, anyway. But uh, you know, it's it's one of them things. Um, me as, as like a family man, I suppose it gives me a chance to go and do something after the game. That's that's kind of one thing I'd be looking what you at. Doing after the game, you going to the Bally Farm for your tea? Maybe, maybe Bally Farm. Maybe yeah, if I've planted that in your head, yeah, no, it could be an option. Might join you. Yeah, it could be a good idea. We could have like a podcast Good Friday day out. Definitely. With our families. Maybe. Sounds, sounds good to me. Cake's good in there, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. It yeah. does indeed. Very nice. You ever one of them big, like a big uh, multicoloured cake? Have you ever seen that? I've seen the Red Devil one that they did. Yeah. That red cake. That looked really nice. Mm. I've never had a piece of it, but I've seen it in there. I think it might be worth going there Good Friday. Yeah. You sold it to me. <laughs> it's fish, and, fish and chips for me in the bath farm on Good I'll Friday. Have, I'll have a pie. You can have the camera. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So uh, yeah, make sure you get down there early. Make sure you plan your plan your plan your day. We don't want you turn up at three o'clock. Um, transport the Sulphur Devils uh, Supporters Trust. Yeah. Uh, Check the um, Supporters Trust Facebook page out and have a look at the pickup times for the transport. The trial and transport on Friday night for the whole game. And there's lots of pickup times, isn't there? And going from is it Bing is it uh, Mecca Bingo Salford Precinct yeah it's stopping all over I think it, it, the last stops at the Dog and Partridge it's picking up from quite a lot of local places if I'm not forgive me if I'm wrong the people on the supporters trust because uh, I should know but I'm sorry if I'm wrong but I'm sure it was £6 return Rob I'm sure it was £6 return or £5 return which is great really you know you're getting there and back it saves you messing about outside the ground waiting at that bus stop because you see a lot of people waiting there till like midnight don't you at that bus stop on the A57 there so that's great it's going from the heartlands of Salford as well so if you can get involved with that uh, supporters trust have put an awful lot of work into that you know planning routes and putting it all together so uh, so let's get behind it Rob's just uh, getting the uh, live radio here internet getting the pickup times up and we'll, we'll give them to you know save you going on Internet, I'm look. So basically, for six, six pound, pound. I was right. Then, wasn't I? Yeah, six pound adult return. Yeah, uh, for the old game and uh, four pound fifty for under seventeen uh, return, which is good value, I think, Bob. It certainly is. It certainly is, and it's picking up from Gala Bingo, Hankinson Way, Salford, Regent Carpet Warehouse Limited, Seedley Road, Salford, the Wagon and Horses, Earl on the Eye, Langworthy Reds, uh, Swinton Park Road, Salford, Hope Library, Eccles Old Road, Salford, the Eccles Cross, JD Weatherspoons on Regent Street and Eccles, the Dog and Partridge on Church Street, and finally at the AJ Bell Stadium. Well in time for kickoff. 
yeah, I think it's really good. Obviously, loads of different places to pick up. Uh, quite central as well um, to, to, to sofa supporters as well. You can always you know, have a beer in, in the Eccles Cross, couldn't you? Waiting for the bus to come. Ah, uh, the dog and cartridge. Dog and, uh, dog and partridge. Sofa, uh, dog, and cat. dog and cartridge. <laughs> sofa Red Devils, uh, number one supporters yeah. uh, pub. Yep. Um, but it might be worth, definitely worth going in there for a pint, I think. Certainly, yeah. And I think there's, um, it's good in the dog and pint. We've been in there a couple of times, yeah, haven't yeah. we? And there's a lot of sofa memorabilia in there. Dennis looks after that pub, doesn't he? Dennis Riley and... Uh, I was on their show yesterday as well. Simon and Dennis did a special show yesterday, so we'll give them a mention. If you've not listened to that yet, have a listen to that as well. They're uh, supporting the team and getting behind the club. And also, there's a lot of entertainment going on on Friday night as well at the uh, at the AJ Bell Stadium. The fans marquee. There's a band on there Friday night, so uh, get down and watch that. It should be it should be a good atmosphere and a good night. Yeah. Also, the uh, under 19s have a cup final this week, Paul. They certainly do against Halifax. Yep, against Halifax Education Academy, I think it is. I'm going to be covering that shortly in the amateur report. It's going to be a great, uh, well worth going down if you can uh, and watching the young uh, players play there. So next up on the Devil in Detail, we're going to be uh, talking about our amateur report and seeing what Paul says about our local sides in there. Is it first week of the season? Yep, the National Conference League uh, kicked off uh, this weekend, so we've got all the scores for you and fixtures for next week. Yeah, we'll start off the amateur port this week with the National Conference League. They got underway this weekend. Rochdale Mayfield were on the telly on Saturday night with a, a half-past uh, five kickoff. They took on Egremont Rangers in a match that was broadcast on Free Sports, which is a free channel now for plenty of sport on there. And there's plenty of rugby league on there as well. They went down, though, by 22 points to six at home to Egremont Rangers. In Division 2, Askham 32, Saddleworth Rangers 6. And Division 3, Oldham St. Anne's 18, Millham 16, Stanley Rangers 20, Waterhead Warriors 40, Salford City Roosters in their first fixture in Division 3. They sadly went down at home to Dewsbury Celtic by 34 points to nil. This week, Saturday the 17th of March, the Premier Division at Siddle against Rochdale Mayfield. In Division 2, it's Saddleworth Rangers against West Bowling. And Division 3, there is three fixtures there. Eastmore Dragons against Waterhead Warriors. Gateshead Storm against Oldham St. Anne's and Salford City Roosters take on Millham. There was plenty of results and fixtures as well in Student Rugby League. We're going back to Wednesday the 7th of March now in the Rugby League Trophy. It was Northumbria A40, Manchester Met 6. In the Northern Conference Cup, Manchester against Salford. Derby there. Manchester just edged us, Rob, by 18 points to 14. And the fixtures for this week, Wednesday the 14th of March, it's Manchester Met against Edge Hill in the Northern 1A division. And in College Rugby League, it's Tyne and Tyne Met stroke Newcastle Thunder Academy against Hopwood Hall. That's the Knockout Cup. And Halifax... ERA against the Salford Red Devils. Yeah, our amateur, amateur sides are certainly doing very well, Paul. Uh, got news from the North West Men's League? Yeah, the North West Men's League, that got underway as well this week. Folly Lane, don't forget, they're in the Premier Division now. Their game against Oral St. James, I think it was postponed because it's a no result. I've not uh, I've not got any information from that one for you. Um, in Division, there was quite a lot of postponed games and no results, but we'll just give you the results and fixtures we have got. In Division 3... It was Chester Gladiators 20, Rochdale Cobras 24, West Hart and Lions 22, Langworthy Reds 26. In Division 4, Caddy's Head, Rhinos beat Blackpool Scorpions by 25 points to 18. Little Hulton Reds went down at home to Runcorn by 24 points to nil. In Division 5, Bolton Mets, fantastic win for them. They beat the North West Tigers by 50 points to 6. Ryland Sharks 12, Littleborough 16, Wigan Springview A 20, Higginshaw 14. The fixtures for this Saturday, the 17th of March. Premier Division, Holton Farmworth Hornets play Folly Lane. Division 1 is Rochdale Mayfield A against Widnes Tigers. Division 2, Berry Broncos against North Wales Crusaders. 
Oldham St. Anne's A against Charlie Panthers. Wigan St. Cuthbert's against Manchester Rangers. Division 3 is Burton Wood Bridge against Langworthy Reds. Rochdale Cobras against West Hart and Lions. Division 4, Little Hulton Reds play the Garswood Stags. Runcorn against Saddleworth Rangers. A. Wigan Springview against Caddy's Ed Rhinos. And finally, in Division 5, it's Thatto Heath Crusaders B against Bolton Mets. Higginshaw against New Spring Lions. Northwest Tigers against Littleborough. And Wigan Springview A against Berry Broncos, Rob. You know when people say there's not much rugby going on in Salford? I tell you, there's loads going on. Loads going on in Salford and Manchester and lo- local areas, isn't it? There certainly is. On Saturday as well is a big day for amateur rugby league. Yeah. There's all sorts going on. And normally at the Rabbit Hills down there, there's, there's, there's stuff going on there by the Henry Bod, isn't there? So you get yourself down there, you can have a pint as well and watch a bit of rugby league. So there's always plenty going on. I've got, uh, before I lose my breath, I've got a bit of um, the Youth League to bring you as well, finally, this week. In the North West Youth League, there's some results from last week. And these games are normally played on a Sunday. In Division 2 of the under-18s, it was Charlie Pampers 22, Folly Lane 32. Rochdale Mayfield, excuse me, 18, Saddleworth Rangers 28. In the under 16 Division 1, it was Folly Lane 60, Wollstone Goals 10, Oldham St. Anne's 44, Earl St. James 12. In Division 2 of the under 16s, Langworthy Reds had a great win. They beat Water Red by 14 points to 4. In Division 3 of the under 16s, Salford City Roosters went down by 30 points to 12 to Ashton Bears. The fixtures in the Youth League for this week it is Cup Action this week in the under 18s. Folly Lane play Crossfields. Rochdale play Oldham, Shevington play Caddy's Head, Waterhead play Wigan St. Jude's and Wigan St. Pat's play Saddleworth. In the under-16s, North West Shield plate, it is Lee East against Langwether, Rochdale Mayfield against Wigan St. Pat's, Saddleworth against Ashton Bears, Salford City, Roosters against West Horton and finally, Waterhead against Walney Central. Yep, so that's all our amateur uh, scores and reports uh, for this week. Next up on the uh, Devil in the Detail podcast, we're going to be looking forward to the game against Hull on Friday. It's time for the Devil of the Details. So, Salford Devils take on Hull FC on Friday night at the AJ Bell Stadium, Paul. We're looking forward to this one. It's going to be a good game. Yeah, we certainly are, Rob. Yeah, back at the AJ Bell. We've had a couple of away games, haven't we? It's always nice to go back uh, to, to home, a home game. We had a good win last time out against Hull Kingston Rovers. Hull FC are coming to town. They've got a few injuries, a few players out. They've had a bit of disruption as well. Liam Watts got sent off the other week, and I know there's a big transfer rumour at the moment about Castleford coming in and signing Liam. He's a big goal forward forward for them. Um, Danny Houghton as well, they're... Hooker extraordinaire, he's out injured. So they've got a bit of disruption in their camp, Robin. It could be a, a nice time to play them. Yeah, obviously you, you, we've had our own little disruption as well um, this week. But we've got we've got to look at home games as winnable games, haven't we, Paul? And if we can beat Hull uh, at home, sends a message out uh, that we are a strong club and we're going forward. Hopefully, Ian Watts will have a whole week with the players to, to get them fired up and get them on the same uh, hymn sheet. Uh, and we'll put in some fantastic performance against Hull on Friday night. Yeah, Hull, though, are bringing two ex-Solf players back, Mark Sneed, guys then around the pitch. Josh Griffin will also be back there. They've got a new half-back partnership with Jake Connor and Mark Sneed, which is blossoming quite well at the moment. Jake Connor, I never really rated him at Huddersfield, but he seems to have come on it since he's gone to Hull. And um, they've had an in-and-out start to the season, though, Rob. If we look at the, the league table, I think they've lost uh, four. Let's just have a peep at that. Sorry, they've lost three and won two. So they've had, they've had a bit of an in-and-out start to the season. Well, obviously, looking at that league table there, Paul, um, quite condensed still. Obviously, we've got yeah, two certainly. points. Um, 
Castleford have six and they're in fifth place. But the teams in the middle of that, which is Widnes, Hull, Warrington, Huddersfield, Hawkins, the Rovers and us, and obviously Catalan below us. You know, one win changes everything in that situation. It's important. Games like this, I think, in the in the other season, yeah. you win the game like you do on Friday, puts you up, gives you that boost, doesn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I, I just think that's how, that's how important I think this game is on Friday. I still think top eight is is a very, very realistic thing. I was talking to my dad about it the other day and he was saying there's certain games, obviously you don't pick games, but there's certain games you need to win if you want to get in that top eight. Catalan Dragons will play them three times and from what I've seen of Catalan this season, you've got to be looking at targeting them and beating them three times. There's six points. Hawkinson Rovers, there's another four points. That gives, that's give you ten points. Huddersfield Giants, you've got to be looking at beating them, especially at home. Mm. Wakefield at home, you've got to be winning. Hull at home, you've got to be winning. I think Warrington, at home as well witness at home they're all games that you've got to be looking at winning but the super, the way the Super League's going at the moment no games are easy witness you know they, they run Castleford all the way they hammered Catalan they, they should have beat Wigan they was really cl- close in that game they beat Leeds at home there's been a lot of funny scores up to now there's only really been St Helens who've, who've sort of set the pace and, and look really good up to now but like you said there Rob home games are important and especially against a side like Hull who are bitten and out I'd be disappointed if we, we got beat there I'd be expecting a, a big performance and a win and obviously with the, the, the crowd as well, it's important. I know the, the club are trying to push this community feel and, and trying to get people, uh, the local community groups, to, to you know purchase tickets to help them as well. I really hope that this pays off because you, you need people in the ground, don't you, supporting the, the, the team and the city. Um, and hopefully they'll turn up a big crowd. I will Hull will bring a few, even though it is Friday, uh, on Friday, <laughs> Hull on Friday even. So, you know, you're hoping that, you know, there'll be a big crowd. Yeah, yeah, and I think you've just mentioned it there when we're talking about the amateur report, the amount of amateur sides that are in the area, and not just the Salford area, mm-hmm. the northwest area. If you if you go a bit further afield to Rochdale, Oldenbury, Bolton, it's very important that we get links with those sides, and I think I'm pretty sure Andy Rosler and the team are doing that at the moment, getting those sides in, getting them in that east stand, making it the community stand, making sure they're all members. All those junior players are all members. If you're a junior player, register for Langworthy or whoever. A little Ulton Reds, Folly Lane. Make sure you've got a season ticket for Salford. Get, give them one. Get them in there because they're junior players. They're they're, they're your your future stars, aren't they? They should be honorary members of the club, um, and that's that's the way to to go forward. I think, and I'm really looking forward to Friday night, Rob. I'm positive, and I think we can get a result. Give us your score prediction for the game. Then oh, I've not Friday. wrote one down. I've not wrote one down. <gasps> what are you going to do? I'm going to say um, I think it'll be a tight game again. Uh, I've not wrote one down. Well, this do week. you want me to say mine? You, you do thing? yours first. I'm going to go Salford 30, Hull FC 6, 36. I think we'll go out, we'll come out of the blocks quick, get into like a 14 nil lead. Yeah. Probably he'll probably score just before half time. You like your 30 points to 6. You said that, say, Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> and then second half will just blow them away. Th- yeah, at the moment, I just think we're struggling to score points, aren't we, at the moment? Um, well, yeah, that could all change at any time. I'm going to be a bit more, more conservative than you, Rob. I'm going to say 18-12 to Salford. 18-12, yeah. Salford. Yeah, yeah win is a win. Whatever, 1-0. We'll take that one. 1-0, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's like you say, we're looking forward to it. Everything seems to be rosy. Who are your players to watch out for against uh, Hull? Uh, Horton. I think he's here. He's out. He, is he out? Oh, he's that's out. good news. Yeah, he's out. All right, let's have a look. Shawl, Jamie Shawl, he's always a danger man. Yeah, he's a Manu as well. He's another one. Minicello. I've gone for Minicello as well. I've circled him because even though he's getting on a bit, he's a bit of an old stager. He's um, he's a bit like Flanagan for us. He holds them together, doesn't he? Attacking defence. He's all over. He's all action. 
and you, you can't look any further than Mark Sneed though can you as well Mark Sneed when he's on form with his kicking when he's on blob he's, uh, he's quality isn't he yeah Scott Taylor as well ex-red yep. he's, yep. he's always got good goal forward as well mm, yeah. they'll need to they'll need to watch, uh, watch him uh, but Hull are a top side aren't they and you know they're full of, of quality but you know man for man you know but there's not much between us they've got some big outside backs as well mm. if you look at their side there Josh Griffin uh, Carlos Tumavave and uh, Talanoa the winger there that, that Talanoa's a beast so we're going to have to we're going to we're gonna have to watch him oh, I, I, I don't fear Hull I think obviously you know being at home you know it plays into our hands with a big passionate crowd there you know we'll hopefully roar us on to a, another good win let's hope so mate yeah so that's the end of this week's uh, Devil in the Detail podcast another good show Paul yeah, really enjoyed it, Rob. Really enjoyed it. Really looking forward to uh, to Friday night now, and let's hope we can all get behind the side and push ourselves on to to victory because we can win that game. We can take some confidence into the week after. We've got Witness now the week after. After it's Witness, I think on the Thursday night. Then you've got the Easter program as well. So games are coming thick and fast. So let's build some momentum and get on a run. Yeah. So you can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD, and you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Radio Contact. So thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week.